Welcome to Strictly Business, Variety's weekly podcast featuring conversations with industry leaders about the business of media and entertainment. I'm Cynthia Littleton, business editor for Variety. When the coronavirus lockdown began in March, WME partner Richard Weitz was like any father looking for some way to celebrate his daughter Demi's 17th birthday amid the pandemic. So he called a piano player friend of his to serenade her via Zoom. From that humble start, Richard and Demi Weitz have built the Quarantunes franchise that has become a buzzy Hollywood invite featuring musical performances from an array of top stars. Along the way, they've raised $6.7 million and counting for coronavirus-related relief efforts around the country. Here, the veteran agent and Demi discuss the spark for the fundraising effort, the hurdles they overcame, and how they recruited partners such as Goldman Sachs and Alliance Bernstein to help drive big dollar donations. Richard Weitz, partner at WME, and Demi Weitz, thank you both so much for joining us. Thank you, thank we're you so excited. Uh, Richard, as I said, is a partner at WME, a very senior agent, somebody who's one of these people that knows everybody in town and knows how this town works. Demi is Richard's 17-year-old daughter, and you two have really been a, a kind of a godsend to the Hollywood community because you have spent your quarantine time assembling these incredible, what you have come to call Quarantunes webcasts with a lineup of musical artists and special guests that would rival any summer festival, you know, were we able to have such things. And you, you, you two found a way to put, to put some of that fun festival spirit and unexpectedness into into zoom webcasts with an amazing i mean the the array of talent everybody from randy newman to charlie Puth to alan macon josh groban michael bolton billy ray cyrus it and on and on it does not get it does not get more fun in the circumstances that we are all living through right now than one of these really fun foreign tunes. As a viewer, I can tell you part of the fun is just going through the all the Brady Bunch squares and figuring out who is who is watching. And you've done all of this for amazing causes and raised, at this point, you've been doing it for almost two months. You have raised more than $3 million for a range of causes. It's really just, it's a testament to people putting nose to the grindstone and really making it happen. I want to unpack that a little bit. So tell, first of all, tell us, I know that th there's a kind of a sweet story about what sparked this whole thing. Tell us about the initial spark of the idea to do a music themed webcast. So I turned 17 at the very beginning of quarantine. It was the beginning of spring break. Zoom was very new. Everyone was very strict about social distancing. My dad wanted to do something special for me. And this piano player from Chicago reached out to my dad asking him to help him find work. So my dad set up a surprise party, 17th birthday for me, which I actually did know about. But I gave him some of my friends' phone numbers and about 40 of us went onto Zoom that night. And this piano player, Dario, started serenading me and my friends with Don't Stop Believing, some Billie Eilish songs, and some other like new music. And I love Dario. He's been amazing. This whole thing started with him, but it wasn't really my friend's jam. 
It was very awkward because Zoom was new, like I said. It was just someone singing to us and we didn't really know what to do. Everyone was staring at me. I was like, dad, I love you. I love this, but like, this is so uncomfortable. My friends keep texting me. Can we, can we turn this off? So my dad got together about 40 of his clients, friends, high school friends and family and Dario, and they did another Zoom later. And I was still on because what else was I going to be doing on my birthday <laughs> quarantine? So do you want to take it from here? So for my good friend, Melvin Marr, he had signed up for Zoom. I had no idea what it was. You know, when I did it, was, it was free for 40 minutes. And the max was 100 people. So he paid for it because he was doing conference calls. And so we had about, I don't know, 60, 70 people. And I called my friend, Debbie Gibson, who I've been friends with for over 25 years, just to say, hey, come on, we're having a piano player. You love this, right? You also didn't know that you couldn't simultaneously sing with two other people. So she's like, yeah, this is great. So I go, Deb, just sing something. So she gets on her piano herself. So she starts singing a bunch of the hits, Only My Dreams and Lost in Your Eyes. And then who comes on next is my friend and Melvin's best friend, John Mayer, and I'm over here just being like, what? Because I'm also a very, very big John Mayer fan. So this was like the coolest birthday ever. I got to say that Debbie Gibson and John Mayer were just going back and forth with this piano player, Dario. And we were just all hanging out in our own houses, just like connecting. And they were talking and playing music. And then they sang happy birthday to me. And I was like, hey, John, can you sing New Light? So my dad's been, this nickname, the sniper has been coined for my dad because he always asked people to perform, but I'm the original sniper because I asked John to sing New Light. And from this experience, it was very, very positive and just a way to kind of clear your mind with what was going on in the world and just have fun and connect. So- People are in their beds and their sofas, they have some wine. I mean, come on, the beginning of quarantine when you, there's nothing on TV, you can't do anything. You're like, how long is this going to be? It was just the social kind of platform of instead of FaceTiming a bunch of your friends, it was like, here you go, here's a link. And everyone showed up, even LO Cool J showed up, my parents, my, my high school friends, a couple of clients, a couple of ex-clients, um, just really about community. And so the next day I was like, this was great, Dario, let's do it again. And so an hour before I'm like, what, what made it so fun? And, um, and so it was, really the Debbie Gibson and John Mayer, and here's a couple of celebs, it wasn't meant to do anything else. So I called up my friend PK Kemsley, who manages Boy George and said, I don't know where Boy George is. Um, he's like, he's in London, it's gonna be four in the morning. I'm like, okay, well, I was just thinking, what if he was here, why not? And then I called Rick Springfield and his manager, Wayne Sharp, and, and Gail Holcomb is his agent, but we represent, and I work with Rick, and we finally got him, he goes, yeah, I'll do it. So we get on on Saturday and like within the first two minutes of people coming, there's George O'Dowd. I'm like, who is that? I couldn't see him. And it turned out that boy George actually was the first person. I was like, are you kidding? And then all of a sudden people started sending the links to other people and we maxed out at a hundred. Mm -hmm. And so he was trying to sing Karma Chameleon with the piano player. And that's when I realized you can't, you know, yeah. simulate them. They both. don't sync that don't, well. Yeah. Dario and I were actually, in fairness, and we were really doing like a Tonight Show thing where we were yeah. just like co-host. But then what happened was it started to become more than that. And so what, what really happened was the next two Zooms, which were casual. We had Josh Groban. He did two um, Simon Garfunkel songs. 
Um, I had Clive Davis on. He started talking about how great that was, which was America and uh, Bridge Over Troubled Water. Clive, I asked, how did you sign Simon and Garfunkel? He gave some stories. Tina Fey was putting her daughter to bed and was watching or listening. And then in the chat, Groban, you're killing me. You're singing America. And so it just started to have a casual, very private vibe. It wasn't until I decided to invest in Zoom and go to the 500 person level that Friday night, people started getting um, a hold of me saying, we'd love to participate. And that was also the night, uh, the day that, that um, Bill Withers had died. And so I was like, wow, I, I know Michael Bolton. Let's get him to do Lean On Me. And then Billy Ray Cyrus did five or six songs. Also, we did, <laughs> he did, was did I Am I Said, and, and he did, Old Town Road, and we started to go, and it got deeper. And Blink 182's Mark Hoppus, and uh, the Warren Treaty, and it was Natasha like, oh my, Bettingfield. yeah, it was like, oh my god, Madison Love. There were like singers and songwriters too that were on. No, go ahead. And then the next day, which was Saturday, so that really was our fifth Zoom, and what I consider to be the first of what became Quarantunes. I just want to say that the, the RW Quarantunes was not named by myself or me. Or it was Demi. named by Jeff Ross. Um, the comedian? Him, the comedian. He's been on there with us. But it was that Saturday where this pivoted from a, okay, let's have fun, let's sing songs, this, this, and that, to let's do good, let's make a change. We're raising money for charity. So that morning, my dad does his sound check, or my dad and I do our sound check now with the artists and... I was sitting in the kitchen with my dad and I was like, we have this platform. There was some traction on this. We have a group of people. It's gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. I understand my privilege. I am living a dream. This is not normal. The people I'm speaking to, what I am experiencing, I am so privileged and so humbled and uh, I'm so grateful. That's what I meant. I'm, I'm so grateful and I'm so privileged. And I was like, you know what? Like, we're gonna raise $10,000, we're gonna do this. So I switched the narrative and I was like, I made a GoFundMe, I sat down, I was like, okay, dad, like, what should I write? Like, how much information do I write? And we chose a Sabong Community Clinic that was um, probably known as the LA Free Clinic. Mm -hmm. And my a dad- A wonderful organization that helps a lot, of, a lot of people in need. I've had journalist friends that between gigs, you know, but for the Saban or that, but for the free clinic would have really had a hard time. It's a wonderful organization. Well, I've been the president of it for, for six years. And in fact, um, we're having a RW quarantine collaboration slash no gala on Sunday. That is going to be great. And we've raised, uh, and we're going to continue to raise more money for that. But Demi wanted to raise $10,000. And I said, Demi, put the goal at $30,000. Okay, let's just go for it. Spoken now, like an agent. Well, also, I just figured 10,000. Okay, I mean, I don't know if we're going to get that far. And Demi and her charm started, you know, showing a sign. We didn't know how to do it in the chat. She figured it out. And then tell them what happened. I made also an Instagram account. I was like, you know what? Like, I'm going to put the link there. We're going to go for it. We're going to raise $10,000. And by the end of the call, so three hours later, they're now like four to five hours, the Zooms. They're a bit lengthy, but um, we raised $33,000. And then the next day we had raised $48,000 and someone called my dad and was like, hey, I want to be anonymous, but 
if you reach 50K, I will match it. So within- I hate to say this, but it wasn't the next day. It was five hours later that we had gotten that same day. We, he had said, if you reach 50,000, I'll give you, I'll, I'll match it. So it was within six hours that we started that we ultimately raised $100,000. Wow. That oh is my God. Oh, no. So that, that answers one of my questions, which was the, you know, sort of the spark of the desire to make it charitable. You obviously have a, have a long connection with the Saban, the Saban Clinic. So that, I, it sounds to me like, Demi, that, you know, Saban is something that you've been aware of and that you've probably worked, worked at. I know they have a lot of, they have a lot of events. Um, so, but, but again, you did the GoFundMe. You didn't really talk about it with your dad. You just decided we're going to do that. I, I, the spark for that to, to, to now several weeks, you know, so many weeks later to be at $3 million, that must feel, that must feel fantastic. It's been surreal and so eye-opening and we every every year our family will buy they have this like adopt a family thing and we've been seeing the same family every year where we hang out with them we get them basic necessities and fun presents for Christmas so that's why we chose the Sabong Community Clinic because it's very near and dear to my heart my dad's heart and my mom and brother as well so then the next weekend we chose Cedar sinai because um yeah, we, we were doing it for LA. We wanted to do it for the frontline workers and other employees. And we kind of got this momentum to turn it into an informative piece as well to know where the money is going to. The first one was a learning curve. And the next weekend, I interviewed Ardo Choa, who has a very high position at Cedar sinai And that was amazing. And we had some nurses on with us. And it got a little bit bigger and bigger. But Never in a million years when I made the GoFundMe that day, I just wanted to do something good and try and do a little part. I thought I was dreaming when I said $10,000. I didn't think that was possible. And now it's be at 3 million. At a blink of an eye, it was like each week, I was shocked. Like I couldn't even imagine how much money we were making. It was so powerful and it's been so powerful. And that second week when we had Cedars, I had also chaired the gala the last two years for them. So again, it was a, it was an organization that I had a direct relationship with, but also being one of the premier hospitals in the world, especially in Los Angeles, and what they were doing. And when you found out that the employees and the nurses are putting themselves in danger. And remember, this is the beginning of it where everyone was scared. There were tents right. happening, couldn't go anywhere. Right. Okay, this is not where we are today, although it's still brutal it's been we people have figured out ways to 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 to, to minimize the whole country yeah oh, exactly. yeah but this is remember where we were at um that that time that demi interviewed um artichoa right before 10 minutes before mayor garcetti said i'll come on and he came on and that really pivoted us from a fun kind of family zoom with friends to wow this is becoming if for better or worse, it. illegitimize a show. Mm -hmm. And so we had that, and then to be followed by Randy Newman singing, I love LA, and then to have James Bay, and then to start having all these unbelievable artists, both modern or legacy. We had Liam Payne, we've had Charlie Puth, we've had um, Barry Manilow and Barry Gibb and- Sandra Day. 
Oh Andrew my Bay, God. Who rise up. We've, we've really programmed it to, to be around the theme of kind of what we're doing. And um, we're producing basically a live aid, a concert every week. We would do two, two concerts or productions every single weekend. And a kind of, turned out to be a lot and we're so happy to be doing it. So now we put all of our energy to make one amazing show for the weekend. Well, 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 one, we're starting it that way, but we've had such support. I wanted to say that the money that we've raised and, and, and Demi, her enthusiasm and her questions and her passion by interviewing Mayor Garcetti, we've interviewed, or Demi has, uh, Mayor Keisha Bottoms, who over the last clearly quarantine and what's been happening in our life right now has had such stardom. She is such a wonderful and giving and, and smart and articulate mayor of, of Atlanta. And uh, we've had Mayor Cooper from Nashville. We've started to have- Gavin Newsom. Yeah, yeah Governor Newsom was on. That's when it, that's really when, Cynthia, when it really started to change. And what I was going to say is the money that people have given have been anywhere from $5 to some substantial money. This is not a gala that we're used to where each, each studio and network are giving 25,000, 50,000, 100,000. In fact, I didn't even ask any of them. This is individuals, brick by brick, dollar by dollar giving and mostly people doing it every time um, to participate. It is not elitist. It is not um, supposed to be anything more than if you get on it, we've invite you. And if you've asked, we've done it. Like I've had, I've had different agents from agencies. I've had managers. It is, we have not picked and show, show we've not chosen or not chosen people due to where they work. This is a community and this has really been meant to help people's state of mind. You have to remember so many people have been isolated. So many people have not gone out of their house. Okay. Right. They do not have family. Right as you know, and that is what, if you start to go week by week where it's been, it really built up and I think it really became um, uh, appointment television, to be honest with you for people and still is. Let me ask you how, so especially early on before, cause you, you know, as this grew and you got these amazing names, you know, not surprisingly, you had, you had, uh, you know, press coverage about it so that so that the you know there was social media coverage there was traditional news coverage but before that started how how was it for you when you were calling people when you were calling josh groban and people you know um, excuse me how was it for you before you had kind of the the buzz and you were just starting and you were calling people like what was that conversation josh can you come on and sing a few songs on this thing called zoom like did you have to explain what you were trying to do with people? Did, did they get it right away? Again, I want to go back to the beginning. First of all, as, um, as far as the press is concerned, the two or three people that started it off were invited to the birthday, post-birthday, just hang, hang out, right? I, I happened to know them. I didn't, I didn't ask to have press. I didn't ask for articles. The E! News thing, the two people are, are, are good friends of mine that have, were on it. Their kids loved it. And I, like, hey, can we do something about it? So everything has been authentic. I didn't go out 
or Demi has not gone out to do anything more than to raise awareness. And because there was nothing else like this going on, it just was something to write about. To answer the question, Josh Groban is a friend and client. And, and because he has a piano, I just said, hey, just do it, right? John Mayer has a guitar. I didn't ask people to do it to make it be a concert. That wasn't where it started. It was just drop by. We're still going to have Dario sing you know, Billy Joel and Hall and Oates and Don't Stop Believing and mm-hmm. have people kind of have a good time. It wasn't until it started to get past Josh when people that I knew said, hey, you know, my fr- I'm friends with so-and-so. I'm friends with this person. And I will give credit to my partner at WME, Kirk Summer, who really put me in touch with some incredible artists like Tim Booth of James and, 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 and Hosier and and James Bay and some younger killers. people. But before that, during the time when it was hard to, to get people, I wasn't doing it for anything more than a good time. And then when it started at the charity component and Demi started to really show a clock and a countdown of how much we've done, like it would start at 10,040. Yeah, 500,000, 800,000, 1 million, 1. 1.2 million. Like- each week, the number went up, and that was really, really cool to see. Can I ask you, are there any, um, I'm assuming everybody does it does it for charity, for charitable, all the artists, nobody's being compensated? Yeah. No. No one's being compensated. Also? And they don't even ask. They just want to be part of it. They know the narrative now is we've changed um, the charity every week from the LA Food Bank, United Way, locally for Greater Los Angeles, then nationally, the hospitals. We did 11, the 11 public New York City hospitals that have no money, no development costs. These are, this is the worst of the worst from Bellevue, which is the, you know, one of the well-known names, um, to those in Queens and the Bronx. Um, we've, had, we've had these doctors and nurses come on. You should tell what we did on Mother's Day. We, we, we wound up um, giving, a, rewarding six um, Frontline workers. Frontline workers, because they weren't all, 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 they were not all females. They weren't all nurses. We did two from New York. We did one from Saban. We did three from Cedars. And, and we partnered with the Four Seasons Maui, who was giving them five days to be able to have a vacation when this is over and, and put them up and fly them. And one of the frontline workers started crying, saying, my husband's been passed away 28 years ago. I haven't been on a vacation in 28 years. You don't know what this means for me. I, I can never really afford it. And so for that, to see that happen and to have community, and that came from inviting people to be on. That was from my friend, Julie Friedman, who said, we need to do something. I mean, Cynthia, you've been on these Zooms as a friend, not even as a reporter. You see how genuine it is. We only want people to enjoy, to raise some money and participate. And to see where Demi started and her growth as a teenager to what this has become as a father, I couldn't be more proud of that. But we are still humbled by it. And we still have a ways to go because this COVID is not, is not you know, ending anytime soon. Although people, it's the summer started, people think that it has and different things in the news have really kind of put it to the back burner. But now you're seeing Dr. Fauci and your, uh, talk about how how in, in many cities it's now spiking. So when you ask if they're doing it for charity, they're doing because they want to be part of it and because they're trusting and because the people around them know that it's good. And that's been the most 
rewarding for me to get people to say yes. How have you, because clearly with the, 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 as they get longer and you have more artists, I mean, Richard and Demi, are you producing it? Are you saying, okay, you know, Randy Newman's going to come on and then the mayor will speak. I mean, somebody must, because it's, it, it, it's, it's pretty, you know, um, it's, it's pretty well done. It's not everybody trying to jump in and talk at the same time, which we all know is, a, <laughs> is not a productive process. Well, Cynthia, to answer that, first of all, Coco Weaver, my assistant and our executive producer. The best person ever. She helps run it with us. So she's on the side, like muting people, letting people in the waiting room. So that's been really, really helpful. But we kind of have a rhythm now. The beginning is kind of like an info session. We give a little speech introducing the new people that are on, just saying hi and to what and like what we're doing. And then after that, I will have a conversation with someone from the organization that we're doing. So for example, when we did the United Way, the national one, I interviewed Suzanne McCormick and Mayor Bottoms, which was incredible. So I would say, hey guys, we've raised this amount of money today. We're shifting to the United Way for seven different cities. And then I asked them what their, it's a conversation. I asked them, it's a different question for each organization, but basically along the lines of what their work is and what we can do and how we can help and how COVID has affected them. And then it will just be a conversation. And then we get into the music and my dad will call on people and be like, hey, Charlie Puth, are you there? And then he'll come in and they'll have a conversation, but he might pique someone's interest and some little kid might scream, Charlie, I love you so much. Or some other artist might be like, hey man, nice to see you. It's like, to answer your open. Yes, to, but to answer your question, there was not, I, it was random. I would just call on people about how I felt. It is now a little more structured when we did the last show, which we'll get to. Um, it was very much, you knew where you are in line. Now I give you a window of a half hour because it always winds up going longer. Um, I, I have produced it. Producing it is like me in my bed looking at my Spotify saying, okay, what's the feel? And when do we need this song? And, and also because we have artists from London and New York and Nashville, I've been making it earlier. We used to do Saturdays at one so that I could get people. I've kept people up till two or three in the morning from the UK, Rick Astley or- John Parr, <laughs> John always Parr, who we love. So we've kept, we've kept them up. I'm trying to be a little more um, um, uh, controlling and also I think a little, a little more organized, but no, it, 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 even, even when you get a compliment from Ken Ehrlich, who has been doing the Grammys for 40 years, who says, you know, you're doing a great job. I think it's a compliment. I've really enjoyed it, but it is free flowing and it is not, it is not like a TV show. So no. And I think I know the answer to this, but the business reporter in me is curious. Do, do you have any um, rights issues? You know, we all know publishing, you know, that, 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 you know, people, People get paid for their songs and their IP. Is there any, do people kind of just grant you kind of a waiver for that? Because it's private, that was our issue. We really wanted to do something public, but also because it's private, people are more open to telling stories and stuff. But due to copyright reasons with the song, with songs and like that issue, that is why it is not a pub, one of the reasons why it is not a public zoo. One of the reasons why. It, again, I go back to, it's not that it's elitist. If it, 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 
what it is is there's a max. It was 500. It's now a thousand. And when we we just had 1,000 people on the other day, our Zoom crashed. Yeah. So what happens to the is is that the business part of it is I can't because so many people to answer what you asked. They haven't written it. Some of them are just songwriters. Some of them were in bands where there's been some bad blood. And um, and so I, I have been asked by several people, not many, this is private, right? Um, and by the way, a lot of people do covers of songs. We're not, re- we're, it's privately recorded. We don't put it out there unless there's a, a little snippet for, uh, you know, five seconds, but that's it. Yeah, so for legal reasons. And we ask people not to Instagram, um, uh, or put on Facebook, at least with sound, uh, the performers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and tell us about, you know, you kind of, before you took a little bit of a break because of, because this world just can't, does not seem to be able to calm down. Before you took a break, you hit another new high. Uh, you, you gave people a glimpse at a, at a venue that a lot of us wish we were sitting in with a nice salad and a nice glass of wine. Tell us about uh, how you, how you arranged for a performance of sorts at the Hollywood Bowl. Yeah, well, that that really came jokingly with uh, Kirk Summer again, as these Zooms were becoming more popular and we were getting bigger names, like real headliner names. Um, he said, what's next for you? The Dodger Stadium, the Greek Theater, the Hollywood Bowl? And uh, that week, the announcement had come out that, that the bowl was gonna be closed for the first time in 98 years. I go, we should do it at the bowl. And he ran with it and connected me to Joanna Reese, uh, who runs the LA Phil and who's incredible. She loved the idea, but it, the Hollywood Bowl is controlled by the county, okay? So um, she's in charge of Disney Hall, she's in charge of um, uh, the Ford Theater and the Bowl, but she loved it. And we figured out a way that we could maximize um, raising funds for YOLO, which is the Youth Orchestra of Los Angeles and for the LA Phil. And then that got Gustavo Dudamel to say yes. And then we wanted to partner with uh, a, a charity that would be appropriate for, for Yola. And that was No Kid Hungry. And once we did that, we asked the mayor to come back. But we had some issues. We had some union issues. We couldn't plug things in. Um, and I was like, well, who was supposed to play here? And who could we get? And it was Kenny Loggins. And I've been asking Kenny Loggins for weeks via his agent to do it. And I didn't realize that Kenny doesn't do it alone. He, he has to do it in a trio. And he's been working with uh, these two um, guitar players and it kind of in his band. And so he's like, we've, got, we've been doing it. So we wound up having Kenny Loggins be the only performers next, next to, I guess. Mayor uh, Garcetti. Yeah, Garcetti, Gustavo Dudamel, and then four trumpet players who opened up with the Raiders of the Lost theme. That was, the most incredible experience ever. You walked in, no problem with parking. It was live from the Highway Bowl on on the marquee. Uh, We're all there on different sides of basically the arena, like Garcetti's on the left-hand side and Kenny Loggins is up at the top on the right and Gustavo Dudamel's up at the top on the left and the trumpet player's on the stage. It was the most surreal and incredible thing ever. And we're just thinking to ourselves, how did we get from the kitchen to the Hollywood Bowl. What have we done? This started with my birthday. I do want to say that we, you know, we had a really, um, some really great partnerships that came around. One was Goldman Sachs. They came around right. for the second time, as you know, you're the first time. Let uh, me ask you though, yeah. what, what brought them in? What was the connection there? 
it was a friend of mine who I know that was on the Zoom saying, these are so good. Um, I want to try to get you to raise some more money. What about if we connected um, through our charity um, department? And they talked to David Solomon. He said, let's give him a hundred grand and great. And I said, invite more people because I wanted to invite different people all the time. So it wasn't just the same because there's only so much you can raise. And I think by extending that the first time, we wound up raising $500,000 for Team Rubicon, which we didn't mm -hmm. discuss. And then through Ken Levitan, who is an amazing friend and manager out of Nashville, he represents John Hyatt and Sean Colvin and so many other people and so well respected. He then connected me to the guys from Alliance Bernstein, who not only dedicate $100,000 to the United Way for Tennessee, but brought the... Um, brought the Vanderbilt Hospital Medical Center, okay? And we raised money for them. We raised money for the CDC, which they gave another 100,000. And then they brought in um, Krog, uh, two other, yeah, two other um, organizations to give money for the American Cancer Society, Hope Lodge in Nashville. So when they started to connect us to other people, that's how we got a big jump um, from a bunch of these organizations. And it really has, that, that, that really propelled us. Mm -hmm. What has kept you guys going? Well, I have more artists that I love that I need to talk to and meet and have them on. Um, I think that... Um, we love it. Yeah, we love doing it and we love raising money. And I also, I also feel that we have to balance where we are in the world and not be tone deaf to what's happening. And I think as, as there are people that have lost their jobs, that have been furloughed. Now production is starting to come back. We'll see uh, what's happening. We are very sensitive to that. But I know that there are a couple more in me that I wanna do. And there's, there's a couple more organizations that really still need it. And we wanna make sure we've spread it out. What's important to note, although I said it, was that we started LA based, but we have done really throughout the United States. I would like to give back, so would Demi, to our friends at the NHS in London. Uh, we would like to do Music Cares. We would like to do um, something with pride. We like to make sure that we've covered all bases for people. Of course, Black Lives Matters and what's happening with the justice system now. Uh, we have to figure out a way to incorporate that, but we are a COVID-related um, quarantine. And I think that's what's most important. So how it can help is what we need to is what we need to make sure uh, that we continue doing. I don't think we're done yet, but but also, who knows what's going to happen? If there's a second outbreak, we'll do a holiday edition in, in December. I don't think we're going to stop doing it. I think that we're going to continue in some sort of way. Demi and I have some plans if the world comes back to to take this to another level where it becomes an organization that she can run that might be live concerts, that might be Zooms. I think people are getting used to this. And I think that in a year from now, if we said, hey, it's our year anniversary, we're gonna do it for 10 people, people would love to come back and do it. I think, I think what's so inspiring is that at a time when people felt like they couldn't do anything, we couldn't leave our houses even, you two, by your passion and your, your passion for music and your desire to, you know, to do good for the world really have made a you know three million dollars and counting impact it's really impressive if i know richard white's you're gonna find a way to scale this 
and make this, as you say, you know, an even more permanent uh, legacy. And it's just, it's just damn impressive. Thank you for talking us through it. Because again, it's, you know, ideas are great. Execution is what it's all about. And it's really great to talk with you both. Um, Clearly, Ms. Demi Weitz is one to watch. We will, we will stay tuned uh, for this industrious 17-year-old. Thank you so much, and thanks for the, all the good that you do in the world. Well, thank you for having us. We are honored to have done it. And um, This has been incredible. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of Strictly Business. Strictly Business.